life done differently. It's about being awake and being present in my own life and doing life my way. And if one day, you know, my way means um, settling down, living in a house, working a nine to five job in an office, and that's what makes me happy at that point in my life, then I want to do that. And and I want to happily do that. But I want to do that, you know, being like as a conscious decision. Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices then you're never going to be happy. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I have an author on, Lisa Jansen. Lisa is an author of three books actually, but the one we are discussing today is her most recent and is to be launched on the 2nd of November, I think, in all bookstores, but is actually available now. And her book is called Life Done Differently, One Woman's Journey on the Road Less Travelled. So Lisa quit her corporate job and bought a van, moved into a camper van and travelled around New Zealand. She did that for five years and within the book she talks about the challenges and the learnings that came out of such an epic journey. It was a story that although I had not experienced myself, I could wholeheartedly relate to. I think the element of doing something different to everyone else in your life, you know, Lisa is child free by choice. She is a nomad, so she moves around. She's not settled at all. And that was quite different to what so many other people within her own life were doing. And that made her question if what she wanted to do was right, why she wanted to do this at all, and how she would make it work in a way that was authentic to her. This was one of my favorite conversations I've had this year on the podcast, and there have been some really great ones, honestly. But yeah, this definitely is up there. I think mostly because I felt very validated by a lot of what we talked about. I also feel I've made decisions in my life that have gone somewhat against a status quo of what people in my life think. And that wasn't easy, but it also produced such an incredible opportunity to learn so much more. And that's what Lisa sort of went through. And we related on that and spoke about so many parts of living life differently and what that actually means, which we carved that definition out at the start of the episode. So please get ready to experience such an insightful episode with so many personal learnings. This episode is for you if you're a little unsure of the journey you're heading on at the moment, need maybe some direction or some reassurance. I hope you enjoy it. I couldn't start this episode without first acknowledging the fact that this conversation assumes a certain level of privilege in the sense that we are talking about the high level self-actualization level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs where we're thinking about the greater purpose of life, what it means to live not according to society's standards and having the freedom to make decisions for your own life at all and being able to decide the direction of your own life at all. And the reason I want to call to acknowledge the privilege within this conversation for this episode specifically is because it has been very close to my attention recently the lack of choice that so many people in this world have to pave 
a path for themselves, not only within their personal life, but just within their own personal freedom. With multiple wars and intense conflicts happening at the moment, but also conflicts and wars happening all throughout history, it definitely caused me to highlight how lucky I feel to be able to have these conversations and challenges around what I want my life to be and have the freedom of choice in that aspect. And I acknowledge that that isn't everyone's position and I think it's important that I mention that before we jump into the episode. So if this isn't a conversation that's going to resonate with you right now or contribute anything positive to your own development, as a result of what's happening in the world then please feel free to skip this episode if it is a conversation that you think will resonate with you right now as you learn to grow and develop as a person yourself I look forward to hearing your thoughts enjoy the episode everyone and we will talk soon Lisa thank you so much for being here so honored to have you on the podcast today and getting to talk about something that I'm very passionate about in terms of doing things differently But I know that within your book, you refer to it a little bit differently than what everyone else might initially think it is. So people might think that life done differently refers to going against the status quo, but you reveal more of an insightful realization towards the end of your book. What does life done differently actually mean to you? Yeah, great question. And first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm really great to be here. Um, and looking forward to this. Um, so yeah, so you're right, like a lot of the time, you know, life done differently. And especially I think, you know, with the way I've been living the last few years, people sort of automatically think about um, what I'm doing in my life, right? And I think for me, the the realization that I came to is that life done differently is a lot more about how I'm doing the things that I'm doing. So mm. it's really about this idea of, you know, being awake, being present, um, making conscious decisions, and living with, you know, what I call intent instead of habit. So making decisions based on what I think, you know, will make me happy and what I think is best for me and the people around me, of course, um, rather than based on um, you know, expectations or, or pressure or um, doing what everyone else is doing and, and those sort of things. So really, that's kind of what it came down to for me. It's like life done differently is about being awake um, and being present in my own life and doing life my way. And if one day, you know, my way means um, settling down, living in a house, working a nine to five job in an office, and that's what makes me happy at that point in my life, then I want to do that. And, and I want to happily do that. But I want to do that, you know, being like as a conscious decision. Um, mm. and, and yeah, with that kind of presence and being awake. Yeah, you want to do it because you've made that decision for you rather than, as you say, as a result of what someone else has told you is the right thing for you. My question when it comes to people who have done things differently, gone against the status quo, gone against the grain, is how do you break the mold of, as you mentioned, acting out of habit versus intention? Like there has to be almost a moment where you click and sort of think, okay, is this even what I wanted? And how did you break that mold for yourself? Yeah, you know, great question. I think, I think a lot of people, I'm, I love reading books, you know, about people like going on big adventures and, and doing things differently. And so when you think about these, like a lot of them have like a, a little bit of a sort of a wake up moment. Um, but I think a lot of them also kind of just get started small, and then it kind of grows from there. And, and that's kind of what happened for me. So I think the wake up call for me was, um, you know, just like watching all my friends get married and have kids and sort of settle into that quite traditional life. And, and even though like, I thought it was beautiful and I love being part of it and I love the kids, 
it just didn't feel like the right thing for me to do. And so that was kind of like my, my wake up call. Um, and then from there, like, it's not like I said, oh yeah, I'm now going to go and live in a camper van for the next five years. But actually, you know, the way it happened was that I said, I'm, I'm, I want to, you know, I want to figure out what I want from life. Cause if I don't want that traditional path and you know, what else is there? And so I decided to get the camper van and I decided to just spend a summer traveling in it, right? And and just making that, you know, much smaller, much more sort of accessible step. Um, just, you know, made it so much easier to kind of, you know, step away from the normal life because I wasn't stepping away permanently. You know, at the time I was just taking a break and doing something different. But then from doing that, and what that did, you know, to me and like my happiness and, and all that stuff, that's kind of what got me you know, really onto that that path becoming more permanent and it not just being something for a summer, but actually, oh, look, like I'm doing things differently. And it's actually, it's awesome. Like I'm loving it. I'm happy. It feels like the right thing for me. And so then that gave me the confidence to keep going. Um, that plus, you know, what happened for me, like early on, just by stepping out of the normal life and doing things a bit differently, um, I started to connect with other people who were doing that too. And sort of all of a sudden I realized I'm actually, I'm not the only one who feels this way. You know, there are other people asking themselves the same questions and, and wanting, you know, similar things from life. And that just, you know, was huge for me because, you know, up until that point, I thought I was literally the only person in like all of New Zealand that didn't want to, you know, get married and have kids and, and live that kind of life. So, um, and I think, you know, you, you have to put yourself into that situation to meet people who are in that situation. You know, it's really hard to meet those sort of people when you're just continuing to live the normal life. Whereas once you break free, all of a sudden there is all this, you know, all these other people in this community of others who've done that too. Um, so, yeah. Mm, I think, it's really important for people to know that you can start small and build up to these things because it sounds like what you were doing was dipping your toes in in ways, although, you know, you kind of went all in committed to buying the van and then fully like lived in it, which to some people would be a really overwhelming, scary, huge decision, like life altering decision to make. Um, but you seemed to have approached that from the lens of, I'm just going to trial this as like a, fun thing and see where it goes yeah 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 actually and I think you know I, I do think I have to acknowledge that the situation I was in probably meant that it was a bit easier for me than it maybe would be for other people in the sense that um, you know I had some savings so because you know up until that point like I'd been very career focused but I'd lived you know a fairly simple life so I had some savings to fall back onto so that was like a security blanket um, and it was just me, right? So I wasn't putting anyone else's life or future at risk. It was just me. Like the worst thing that would happen is that I would try it. I don't like it, you know, and, and, but it would just all be about me. Um, and, you know, work-wise and career-wise where I was at at that point, I knew there would be work for me. You know, if I try this and it doesn't work and I want to come back to Auckland, um, it might not be my dream job. And, you know, I might have to take a pay cut, but I knew that I would find work if I you know wanted to return to that life and so all of that really kind of de-risked it for me um and and you know I think not everyone is in that position but I also think that a lot of people 
um, maybe, you know, have a, a tendency to make these things scarier than they really have to be. Um, because, you know, for me, really, I thought about, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen here is I buy this this camper, I spent the summer traveling in it, I don't enjoy it. So then I just, you know, I sell the camper again, maybe I lose a little bit of money, but you know, most of it I would make back. And then I go back to Auckland and I find a job again, and I basically return to the life I had. So really, you know, it wasn't that big a risk. And when you look at it like that, I think it just makes it a lot more accessible and easier to take these sort of, you know, steps. Absolutely. And I think thinking, how do you de-risk it for yourself? Because of yeah. course, no one's situation is going to be the same. We're all going to have different nuanced challenges, but what makes it less risky and more accessible for you? And something you'd mentioned and in, in what you've di- you discovered after you sort of set off on this journey was that you began connecting with other people and that's when you started to realize that you weren't the only one feeling this way. You maybe felt less lonely in that journey, but that little bit of connection can also be the first step. Like I remember when I started this podcast, I was in a job that I really hated and didn't suit my skills or strengths at all. Um, I was working in accounting, now I work in marketing, so very different kind of <laughs> fields. And I remember thinking this is the only path for me in the sense that I'd had this scholarship, I'd gone to university, like this is what I have to do now because this is what my life is centered around. And then when I started building the podcast and this community of people who were like-minded and, and thought the same way as me, it was like, oh, actually I can do other things or people have quit or taken risks and it has actually led to good things and I think in a lot of ways this podcast gave me the courage to de-risk my own situation and take little steps and I was also in a very privileged position where leaving a job and quitting a job didn't have too much impact on my financial situation not as much as someone else but for me I needed to work out how to de-risk it in my personal situation so that I at least had like the mental capacity to move forward with it. So I think if someone else is considering that move, they can think about it the same way and like what small steps actually contribute to you, not even achieving any goal. It's just what small steps contribute to you being able to have the curiosity to find out what might work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I totally agree. And I think that's why, you know, podcasts like yours are so important. And, and it is, you know, the, the probably the number one reason why I decided to write and publish my book is that idea of like just putting more stories out there and making mm. more people realize that you can make unusual choices and, you know, you can do things differently. And it's not actually that scary or that risky. Um, and And I think that's, that just over time, like de-risks it for more and more people. I think the more stories you hear about, you know, people just doing things differently, the less risky it feels for you to do that. So I think it's super important to share these sort of stories. Collective wisdom, collective experience mm-hmm. contributes to everyone being able to stop living life on autopilot, which was something you referenced in the book. And it really resonated with me because coming back to my accounting example, something I'd never done was ask myself why. Like, why accounting? Why have I chosen this career path for myself? Why do I like that career path or don't like that career path? And I think it is a scary question to, it is scary to question the way that you think and the normal way of doing things. And maybe 
you'll never feel 100% sure. Like people feel fear around decisions, but you end up just having to do it while scared. Like you can take a risk while being scared and that often has to be the way that you do it. For you, when you made this decision, was there any part of you at all that felt like this was the right choice or did that only come in hindsight? Nah, it was... um... Yeah, it was really interesting. So, um, so I went through, you know, it started kind of just you know, around my 33rd birthday that I started to, you know, ask myself these questions and um, sort of had a, a little bit of a mini life crisis. Um, just, you know, what am I going to do with my life and, and all these like questions, right? And, and so there was a, a good sort of three month period where like nothing felt right. Everything sort of felt, you know, out of sync and out of balance. Um, and then I had this idea. Um, and so during that time, I played around with a bunch of different ideas of what I might do, but nothing really felt right. And then one day I had this idea that I'm going to buy a camper van to like live and travel in. And I have no idea where it came from. Like up until that point, I'd never, you know, spend time in a camper van or anything like that. It was just a, yeah, kind of random idea. But that idea was just like, in that moment, like everything changed. It was just the right idea. Um, and from there, like everything fell into place and everything just felt so easy. And looking back now, like if I look at it in like real detail, you know, I realized that there were all these challenges and and obstacles and doubts and, and all that stuff, right? But but it didn't really matter. Like it was just that, you know, I was like in flow in that I, I knew I was doing the right thing at the right time. Um, and it was amazing. And so, you know, so, so for me, that was, yeah, that just, you know, gave me so much confidence, just that feeling. I couldn't mm. explain it, but I felt that, you know, this was the right thing to do. Yeah, it sounds like you were connected to your gut feeling in that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you just, yeah, you trusted and, um, and things, you know, started to happen from there. Yeah, because there was also that feeling of loneliness you had, right? Like, did you have that when you were when you bought the camper van? Did you think, oh, this is something I'm doing on my own and I'm making this decision on my own? Was that something that was highlighted for you or were you kind of at that point more certain and then it was a more of an excitement than it was kind of a fear? Yeah, so at that point it was definitely excitement. Um, there was... Yeah, lon- the loneliness came came later. Like I think at that point in my life, I was I'd actually just started seeing someone a few weeks out, and you know, funnily enough, at no point did it cross my mind that that's something we could do together. You know, it was. I mean, mm. we just started seeing each other, so it would have been way too early anyway. But you know, like from the very beginning, and in, in my mind, this was something I was going to do on my own. And, you know, so it was something I wanted to do on my own um, and and really just have that time and space for myself to figure out who I am when I'm not working, you know, 40 plus hours a week and I'm stuck in that busy city life. So, um, yeah, so, so that was really, there was no like sense of loneliness. The loneliness part sort of came in later when, um, especially once the, you know, living and traveling in my van kind of became more permanent. And once I was sort of doing it for, you know, a year and a half um, and I was, you know, because initially I was just trying something different for a summer. Right. But then as time went on and the more I learned about myself, the more I realized that I'm probably on a different path in life for good. Like, I'm, you know, at the beginning I was, 
sort of still sort of thinking in my head it's like oh maybe one day I meet someone and then I do want to like settle down get married have kids right so that thought was still there but then as time went on it became more and more clear to me that um I wanted you know wanted to be child free and I didn't want to do that you know get married settle down kind of life and so that's when the loneliness kind of started to come in occasionally once I realized that you know, I'm not just taking a little detour. I'm actually on a different path in life to, you know, pretty much all of my friends or good friends at the time. Um, mm. And that, yeah, I mean, that definitely, you know, felt felt lonely at times. And, and I sort of had moments where I was like, oh, gosh, I wish I could just be like everyone else and, you know, fit in mm. and and do what everyone else is doing. But, but at the same time, um, you know, even in sort of the, the darkest moments of that, I always knew deep down that I'm doing the right thing and I'm following the right path for me. And sometimes that was harder to access than, than mm. other times, but it was always there. Yeah, it sounds like a really hard thing to be able to reconcile when you feel this seemingly negative, so to speak, emotion of loneliness and that is sad and it pulls like a lot of those darker, more negative, as I said, emotions through. But then also while well, knowing and having a real strong internal gut feel that it's the right thing. So it's like I could imagine you would be questioning, why am I putting myself through this set of emotions, but I know that I want this result in the end? Yeah, um, you know, something I've thought about on and off over the years and kind of where I've landed with it is I think that it's just part of life. You know, mm. like I think I know so many people who, um, you know, live live really kind of well connected lives in the sense that they have, you know, a close knit family around them and good friends and that community, and and they also feel lonely sometimes, or or it's other like challenging emotions, like they feel like they never have any time and space for themselves. They feel like you know all that community support is is almost too much, and and kind of you know suffocating them a little bit and so I think you know the way I look at it now is like in life we make choices and choices come with consequences um and the best thing you can do is you know make the choices which you know have the best consequences for you and so for me you know the choices I've made yes occasionally come with you know a sense of of you know to be fair like loneliness doesn't really feel like the best word for me I think a word I use more often is sort of that disconnectedness um Mm. I don't feel lonely but I do sometimes feel disconnected from you know society and and people and and Mm. friends and but that's like a consequence of the choices I've made and and you know other consequences of the choices I've made is that I've got this incredible life of freedom and flexibility and I've seen New Zealand in a way that few people have, which, by the way, is the most beautiful country in the world. And I had so much fun and, you know, so many adventures. And, you know, all of those are just consequences of, of choices in the same way as, as the bad stuff. And I think all decisions you make in life have good and bad consequences. So, yeah. I think that's like the golden nugget of this whole episode like emotions exist, you know, and yeah. they're going to be there no matter what you do. They're a natural part of any process. And 
So many of us seem to fight against feeling any kind of negative emotion. Even we fight against joy because we think, oh, how long is this going to last until Mm. something bad comes up again? Like we fight against feeling in every sort of way because it's uncomfortable, it's vulnerable. We don't want to like be in that space for too long. But it doesn't matter what choice you make. No option is perfect and all emotions will come as a result of it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the other thing I would add to this, and I've, I've said this, you know, before in different situations is it's really interesting to me that in society, we have this idea that there is this safe path in life, which is, Mm. you know, doing that, um, get married, have a family, have a secure job, um, you know, so that's like the safe path in life. And then there's risky ways of life, which is, you know, quitting your job and living in a van or, you know, quitting accounting to start over in a completely different field or, you know, um, putting all your energy in, in, into a passion like a sport to be a professional athlete or an artist or, you know, and so these pathways are perceived as so much riskier. But I don't buy into that. Like, I don't think that's true because, you know, just, I mean, when you look at the world, right, and, and you know, how many people are struggling with um, depression and sadness and loneliness, it's not the people who've taken risks and chosen different path in life. Like the far majority are people who are living the so-called safe life, right? So I don't think it's any safer. I think it's just different. It's just a different mm. path. And, and every path comes with ups and downs and you know, pros and cons. And that's just life. Like you say, it's just, you know, emotions exist, deal with it, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. Have you read a book called Sapiens? A brief brief history of humankind. Yeah. That what you're saying reminds me of that book, which I'm so glad you've read it because I love it too. And I feel like I hardly get the chance to talk to anyone about it, but (laughs) it, in the book, if you have not read it, it's as the title suggests, a brief history of humankind. But the, a big part of the book, and especially the conclusion of the book, is analyzing in multiple different ways whether or not all of this progress and development we've had in our world over time has actually contributed to anything positive, has actually made any person any happier than they were a thousand or more years ago, thousands, tens of thousands of years ago. Like, is anyone actually happier? Or, and more likely, I think, as a result of the book, are we unhappier because of all the different stuff we have to deal with now, the complexity that life brings now, the lack of simplicity that it has, um, and also this, as you said, more desirable, in air quotes, path that we're all told or like, oh, I don't even know, we just inherit like the need mm. to be able to to do, Um that should be the path that leads to the most stability, which stability somehow is supposed to equal joy. But what is progress and safety and and achievement and success in all the normal ways we talk about it without any joy along the way? Like it's kind of reminds me of the FIRE movement as well, which is like a financial um, movement called fun- Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's people who basically work and hustle all their young life to be able to live free in their older years which is actually so funny because it's almost the complete opposite of what you've done which is find that balance just throughout what will be the rest of your life but that journey doesn't resonate with me personally because I think what is progress without joy like what is all of this hustle and development for an end product if I can't actually enjoy any piece of life along the way um 
And, yeah, I think that speaks so much to what you're talking about as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally, totally agree with you. It's funny, isn't it? Because if you think back, even just like our grandparents, right, if you think about when they were our age and you would have told them like all the conveniences and technology and stuff that we have today, right, they would have said, oh, my God, life is going to be so easy and so comfortable in the future. And here we are. And and it's really not, like you say, you know, it's it's still hard, just in different ways. And so, yeah, so it's such an interesting thought. Um, and I, I also just want to um, respond to the second part of what you said and, and sort of this idea of, you know, what's what's the, the outcome? Is, it, is the outcome worth anything if you haven't had fun along the way and if there was no joy? And, you know, something that was really cool so living the way I did for so long, um, you meet a lot of older people, you know, the um, the sort of RV and motorhome community in New Zealand is a lot of retired people. Um, and so a lot of them, you know, they work really hard and then they retired and now they're like, you know, living their best life, traveling around New Zealand. And a lot of them have a great time and it's awesome. But there's also like, a lot of limitations, you know, a lot of them like talk to me how, you know, they, they run into health issues and they can't do, you know, a lot of them would like sometimes comment on things that I was doing, like going on hikes and, you know, big bike rides and stuff and, or, you know, kite surfing, you know, whenever I'd got kite surfing, it wouldn't take long before some like retired older guy would show up and, you know, ask questions. And, and so, you know, for, for them, I mean, they're having a great time, but also they're like missing out on part of it because they waited too long. Um, and so for me, this idea of retiring early was never attractive and, and I'm not saying that it isn't right. Like, you know, for some people it might be the perfect way to live their life, right? Mm. And that's great. But for me, I always sort of thought, I don't want to retire early. I want to live while I'm young. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a balancing act, which hasn't always been easy, <laughs> but I'm, you know, getting there to sort of try to get that balance right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like we were saying before, there's pros and cons of all situations. I think also that concept of we work all our lives for something that doesn't even make us happy can be quite a sad, pressing um, concept in a lot of ways if you think too deeply into it. Like I remember reading Sapiens, this book we were referring to, and thinking – I felt really overly positive by the end of it because I felt so informed and I felt like I just like leveled up my awareness of why I think the way that I do. Whereas I can, I can absolutely resonate and understand with why someone would finish that book and feel really negative about life generally as well and how they've been impacted by all of these things. But I think the important thing is to see the opportunity within that realization. And, and if you're listening to this, you obviously have uh, some sense of curiosity within you to be able to do that and to keep questioning the way that you live is it right it doesn't have to be because you've been told it's right doesn't mean it is and also two things can exist at once like you can not like the way something is and still be doing it or vice versa so yeah I think it's just important to keep that keep questioning why you do what you do and as Lisa says in her book like stop living on autopilot all the time yeah yeah and also you know I think Except that there's different phases in life and there might be yeah. times where, you know, we're just like I've gone through even in the last you know, six years, I've had times where I just worked, you know, like 
40, mm. 50 hours a week. And I was just like hunkered down somewhere. And for like two, three months, I basically did nothing but work. Um, and then that's allowed me freedom at other times. And, you know, even if you look at like, you know, bigger picture, like, you know, look at like five year chunks, you know, there might be times where it makes sense. And the right thing to do is to, you know, be really focused on, the boring stuff, you know, the, the working and, and, and saving money. And then other times, you know, it's not. So I think, yeah, I think for a lot of people, maybe this would be easier when you don't think about it as your whole life, but just sort of, you know, shorter periods within your life. Yeah, that brings me to another really um, interesting part of your book that I loved, which was around timeframes and the way that you view timeframes. Like I think often we think about our life yeah, in the span of our whole life, but kind of like we think about when we need to get everything done by, like we need to get this done by this time so that we can achieve X, not like this period right in front of me is a time where I want to do this. Who knows what the next period will be like and making decisions more presently than, I mean, you know, thinking towards the future is great and it's naturally a part of my personality to only think about the future rather than the present moment and so for me it's really actually hard to come back to the present but I love the way that you approach life like that Um, especially you were talking about this in terms of relationships and I know I felt this pressure where it's like I need to feel like I just turned 25 the other week and I feel like oh my god my parents got married at 27 and I don't even have a partner like oh my god stressful stressful what am I going to do with my life and I literally haven't even reached like the typical or average halfway mark of a human and even though that shouldn't even be relevant anyway and you know you're just thinking about all these things in terms of time frames Um, and so I'd love to hear more about your perspective on that and how you view life as a whole. Yeah look I think I think it's a really hard thing to break out of right and and I think and I'm not a you know I'm not a a scientist or a biologist or anything like that so I'm just like you know guessing here but I think from what I've observed I often feel like especially women I think we're like biologically programmed to think like I think part of it is part of our DNA um to you know and and it is that you know, because the reality is like, like it or not, as a woman, if especially if you want to have children, there is a time limit, you know, it's, it's one of the big unfair things in the world that a guy can, you know, find a, you know, at, at 50 or 55, or even 60 decides like, now's the time for me to, to settle down and have a family, whereas women can't do that. And so, you know, it's, even though like, you know, a lot of that pressure, it feels like it's in our head, and, you know, we're making it for ourselves. And, and we're creating it at the same time there is actually a valid reason for it and and so i think it's good to acknowledge that and not be so hard on ourselves um mm. but then you know i think like for me and and again this is like something where you know it, it's just maybe been a little bit easier for me than for others because you know coming to the realization that that is something um i don't see for myself you know being being a mother it just kind of took the pressure off you know because then that that deadline was gone, you know, there wasn't that, oh, you know, by 35, I need to be a mom, Mm. otherwise, it's not going to happen situation. So, so that for me, just, you know, took that sort of, yeah, that deadline was gone. Um, And, and it's changed my view of, you know, how, like, 
timing and life and and the different phases and um yeah I think yeah to be fair I think actually you know a lot of it was just that pressure from that deadline gone giving me that freedom um to to view things differently yeah have there been many other deadlines because I think that children deadline is a huge one especially for women Mm -hmm. of course because it's almost like from the day we can conceptualize anything we've been told right you know, you're not going to be able to conceive beyond the age of X and like you've just got to hurry up and, you know, you really just put this pressure. And even if it's subconscious, it's like in the back of your mind. Um, and I agree, maybe a, a biological pressure as well. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the most, what's the word, like just prevalent um, timelines in our lives. Have you felt that kind of deadline in any other way? Um, sometimes around sort of career achievement and and steps you know before I um so before I kind of stepped away from that life six years ago now I was very much on the career path um you know I'd um finished uni I got a job as a marketing I think assistant was my first title um, and within two years I was marketing manager and so I'd kind of been on the fast track you know career wise and and done really well and so so when I stepped away from that um, you know, there sometimes was that sort of voice in my head that is like, oh, you know, I, I probably should be a CMO by now or, a, you know, um, and, and I have actually occasionally sort of been, oh, you know, maybe I should just go back and take a full-time job as a CMO for a couple of years just to kind of like tick that off. And, you know, I'm, I'm turning 40 next year. So, you know, by 40, Ooh. maybe I need to... <laughs> Um, need to be on on that path so it's definitely been you know a a bit of that um, that as well and especially when I'm um, when I'm surrounded again by people who've stayed on the career path you know people who I maybe worked with six years ago and we were you know worked in related fields six years ago and we were sort of at the same level and now you know most of them are um, yeah CMOs you know head of marketing and and you know big companies or grown startups or done like really cool stuff career-wise. Um, so whenever I'm sort of surrounded by that, again, there's that voice in my head that's like, Ooh, you know, maybe you're falling behind, you know, you should like get, you know, get onto it and catch up. And and that takes over for, you know, a few days. And then I remind myself that, you know, look, I've made a choice for a reason. I, you know, mm. don't want that life. So um, don't, yeah, don't, you know, beat yourself up. Um for not having achieved something I don't even want, right? Because that's basically mm. what I was doing. And mm. I think that's what we're doing a lot of the time. We're like beating ourselves up over not achieving things we don't even really want to achieve, which is, yeah. Preach. Just kind of, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely preach. Like you are preaching to the choir because <laughs> I've found as well with One Up, so this podcast and and everything I do to do with this podcast is means so much to me and is a huge passion like regardless of if it was ever monetized or whatever it's something I care so deeply about and have like a connection to so many of the people that listen and that I talk to Um, and so I've kind of curated sorry my career around being able to have the freedom and the flexibility and the autonomy to do this podcast in the way that I want regardless of if it earns money or not Mm. and I often think the exact same thing like oh, I should be so much further ahead in my career if I just committed to one thing and one path than I would be if I thought more strategically about the way that I'm, you know, running my career and my life, then I would 
earn more, I would have a better title, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what you've said is the most important thing and so much we talk about here comes back to this. It's about having a clear reason why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't if I didn't know why I was doing this, I would be so much more lost because at the end of the day, I can say even if I'm not earning what maybe everyone else in my life is or my friends are or maybe I don't have the title that this person or that person has, I need to cut the comparison because there's no comparison to someone who has something that I don't even yeah. want or doesn't live a life that is meaningful to me um, at all. Yeah, totally. Agree 100%. And yeah, it's it's so funny sometimes. Like, I don't know why it is so hard to get out of that and so easy to get pulled back in, but you know, it mm. is. And like, I don't know how you, you know, be curious to hear like what little tricks you have to do it. I'm like, you know, I've got like one of my things is like, so every morning I've got like a bit of a morning routine that's like expanding and expanding. If I keep going like this, my whole like first half of the day is going to be my morning routine. But part of it is <laughs> to sort of, you know, take just a moment and check in, you know, what do I need today? And then sort of set an intention for the day. And that sort of like is really good for me because that's a lot of the time, the moment where I remind myself, you know, to like be me, um, follow my own path and, you know, like just set a really simple intention um, that, that helps me with that. And and when things get really bad and that voice in my head gets really loud, I have like, you know, post-it notes that I actually stick onto my computer screen. That's, you know, sometimes it just says like, do you, or, you know, don't mm. chase things you don't actually want. Um, my laptop screen background says make happiness a priority. So that's just my reminder that it's not Love about, that. you know, money or achievements. It's about happiness. And so make that a priority. So, I've, you know, over the years, like figured out those little things to just remind myself and like helps me stay my cause when, you know, the voices in my head get loud. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have so many reminders for the other side, right? Like we're constantly Mm. reminded this is the life you should be living. This is what stability looks like. This is what safety looks like. This is what status and achievement and success looks like. Like we're constantly being reminded of of Mm. society's version of of that. But we need to make sure we're backing that up with just as many reminders of why we're doing things the way that we're doing, which is exactly what you say you do through kind of Mm. those affirmations or or those little reminders every day and it's so funny you asked me what my thoughts were because I was listening to you thinking wow that's so intentional I I should really do something (laughs) like that because I do not um it's like it's so bad I feel like every day I'm very much I make a conscious decision to try and be a certain person and to Mm. fill my life with different perspective and experience which contributes to me feeling connected to that reason but I don't have like an intentional reminder, which I think I could add. Although when you were mentioning the um, laptop screen, I just thought about the fact that I have this on my phone screen, which says I'm showing Lisa my phone screen and it says, remember why you started. Um, And my flatmate, she has very similar like views in this way as well. And she designed that for my phone. And I was just like, (laughs) that's exactly what I need every time. I am doubting anything and even not even then it's like even the times where I'm not doubting at all like I still need the reminder because I get given the reminder for the other side no matter whether I want it or not (laughs) yeah yeah totally so true yeah I love that remember why you started that's cool yeah so I just like to keep those things in mind um and I think on on the career on the career topic there was a portion of the book where you spoke about 
work every week and what that looked like for you and you realized that you wouldn't have to work 40 hours a week for 30 years when you started this van life and that seemed like quite a significant moment for you like what was the feeling like when you realized oh I actually don't have to work 40 hours plus a week in order to survive and maintain some kind of lifestyle yeah, it was amazing. It's still like one of my favorite sort of moments and, and still what I consider the biggest lesson this whole journey or the most valuable lesson this whole journey has taught me. Um, and it's so, it's such a great example of another thing where we we just take it for as a given, right? Everyone works 40 hours a week. Like I never even considered an alternative to that. You know, the only people I knew who, who'd work part-time had, you know, like, caregiving responsibilities or side hustles or you know those sort of things so ultimately they were still working 40 hours a week often more um, just not all in the same role but this idea that I could um, work you know 15 20 hours a week and then use the rest of the time to you know just enjoy life and explore the country um, it was it just seemed so crazy at first but then when I realized that, you know, actually it's not that crazy. I can do it. You know, I can, mm. I can do it. Like if I, you know, the, the way I was living at the time of the way I'm still living, you know, because it is such an affordable way of life. If I work 20 hours a week, like I'm, I'm saving money. Right. Um, so, so I'm like, I really don't have to spend the next, you know, f- like 30 plus years behind a computer 40 hours a week. Um, and it was this real like sense of freedom you know, it was almost like this, um, some, some weight had been lifted off my shoulder um, that I didn't even know was there. But yeah, all of a sudden, mm. like, the possibilities were endless. You know, all the things that I could do with my life because I had this extra time now that I thought I was going to have to spend working. Um, yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah, it's, it is a foreign concept, as you mentioned, to work part-time over full-time and still be getting ahead so to speak because I think you know 40 hours equals getting ahead it equals saving for a house it equals all the like typical goals that we all have and I can absolutely imagine just that feeling of complete freedom when you realize you didn't have to do that anymore how's your relationship with the term getting ahead changed over time like what how do you do you even think about that like what does that mean to you yeah, so first of all, I love and and you know those you guys are listening. You didn't see it, but when um when Sarah said getting ahead, she did like with quotation marks getting ahead. <laughs> so I love that. Um, you know, it's funny. It's a term that I use. You know, I definitely talk about getting ahead, and then every time I do, I like cringe a little bit because I don't really <laughs> like the term, but I still use it. Um, look for me, um. One thing I realized, you know, and this was kind of, I think about three years into my journey, right, was that, God, I love this, like, life of freedom and adventure and flexibility, but I realized that there's also a big part of me that values financial security and stability, and I sometimes wish I could be someone who, you know, is comfortable sort of living paycheck to paycheck and not worrying mm. much about, you know, your financial future. But I tried to be that person and it was fun for a while, but it didn't really, you know, work like long term for me. So I just, you know, I had to accept that that is a part of me as well. 
Um, and so those like two sometimes conflicting values, like balancing that desire for freedom and adventure with the need for stability, financial stability, that's kind of been like an ongoing battle in my life <laughs> for the last few years. Um, but I do think that ultimately it'll actually serve me really well that I have both because um, mm. what what I have learned, you know, to be fair, what I'm still learning is just ba- balancing that. And um, and so at some point, you know, I think, yeah, about three years into my journey, I kind of got to a point where it's, okay, I want to, um, I want to pl- you know, plan for my future financially. Like I want to, you know, make sure that living in a van or, you know, now like being a full-time house sitter, um, that's always going to be a choice that if I want to, you know, settle down somewhere, then I have the financial means to do that. And so that was really important to me. And so um, I, you know, got help from a financial advisor and, and sort of, you know, made a, a, a plan for the future. And, um, and, and that was really good for me because now I sort of feel like, okay, I have a plan for the future. Um, you know, it was really important to me, like when we did the plan that it is with, like fits within, you know, my value around freedom and adventure. So the plan does not require me to work 40 hours a week. You know, it, it mm. requires me to work 20, 25 hours a week. Um, but I have that, you know, that that knowledge that um, unless something unexpected happens, then that I have a you know a, yeah financial security in my future. Yeah, it sounds like you're just wanting to give yourself choices, and I yeah. think that's a really profound point. Is that what you describe as potentially conflicting values? Well, actually, two things can exist at once, hmm. and you've really demonstrated that where your love for freedom and adventure can also have an element of stability. And I think often people tend to, and when I say people, I kind of mean myself, tend to think that you really do have to choose one extreme or the other. Like we're either doing the like camper van life and we're living paycheck to paycheck and we're just like living this life of adventure, but also we have zero stability. Or you're working in a nine to five, 40 hours a week and you're settled somewhere. Like it never feels like there can be an in-between. And I think it's so empowering to know that you have tried to carve that out for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I think it's sort of probably important to acknowledge at this point that I'm very lucky with the work that I do. So I work as a um, marketing consultant, um, which is actually how Sarah and I know each other. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I have carved out a little bit of a niche and, you know, an area of expertise for myself. And that's now allowing me to work remotely um, on really cool projects, earning a pretty decent hourly rate. And so I think, you know, you, you can't ignore that part, right? Because someone who isn't that lucky to have that career where, where you know, the hourly rates are good, um, it's going to be so much harder to, you know, find that balance between working part-time and and having that financial security in the future. So, yes, I just want to acknowledge that, that I, you know, I, I'm aware that I'm, I'm lucky and um, it's going to be harder for, for other people, Um but at the same time, you know, I think it's worthwhile sort of thinking about, like thinking a bit outside of the box, you know, like can you live in a van for a while and not pay rent or, you know, do like house sitting or, you know, those sort of mm. things that could help so many people to just, you know, get ahead a little bit um, financially. See, there I said it, get ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so natural. I didn't even pick it up. But it's such a stupid term because, like, who who am I even trying to get ahead of? Like, yeah, I don't no. Know. <laughs> and like, and life is just not even about getting ahead of anyone. That's actually how 
the podcast name came to be because it's the one up oh. project and something I always felt like people like the term people use is you got to get the one up like getting the mm. one up on someone or the one up on this or that and I wanted this podcast at its foundations to always be about getting the one up on yourself mm. like it was always about how are you just taking a step forward for you and for your life that doesn't need yeah. to mean financially or any of the metrics we put to it it just needs to mean something to you yeah. personally uh and I completely agree like it's just a natural term we all use but we're that if you aim to get ahead of other people in life you'll probably never be happy because there's always going to be someone in front of you yeah totally agree yeah you've gotten to a point now where you know you're saying you earn a good hourly rate and that makes this kind of life possible but I also think it's inspiring for other people to know that the semi at least best of both worlds is achievable in one way or, or another like a thing childhood Sarah used to get really upset about the fact that people would say you know you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't have the best of both worlds and that some there's just something inside of me that always was irritated by that I was like why can't I have both things like why isn't life like that and I still grapple it now like yeah why can't this be possible at the same time as this? And of course, often there are sacrifices where you might not get the ultimate version of both things. Mm. And maybe sometimes one thing is more than the other, but you can definitely try your hardest to make it work and balance, so to speak, in a way that works for you. Yeah, totally agree. And I think you, you used a really interesting word there around like sacrifices. Um, and that's sort of something that, you know, I've learned, especially sort of the last 12 months or so, because um, you know, long story short, like I sold the van and I was sort of planning to settle down, but then I didn't. And I just started house sitting full time. And so now I'm like moving around the country as a house sitter. And it's been really interesting because there's definitely a part of me now that really likes the idea of having like a home base. Um, and, you know, I'd still love to travel, but I've sort of been saying to people is, you know, if, if I'd win the lottery and I'm not even playing, so the chances aren't very good, but, you know, <laughs> if I would win the lottery, the first thing I do is I would buy a house, you know, and I would have that base and, and I would still travel and, 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 you know, have that sort of nomadic lifestyle, but I'd also have the base to return to. Um, but the, the, you know, the, what I realized that at this point in my life, um, I, I can't have both. Like I have to, it's either, or I can either have the, you know, the travel and the adventure and the freedom, or I can have that home base because, you know, if I would, um, get a mortgage right now then the days of working 20 hours a week would be over for a while right mm. um and so you know I've sort of realized okay I'm gonna have to sacrifice something you know either I'm gonna have to sacrifice that desire for stability in a home base or I have to sacrifice the desire for you know freedom and adventure and at this point in my life I've chosen that you know I, I value the freedom the adventure the travel more and the mm. you know the stability in the home base will have to wait but I think it's a really good way of looking at things and you know it's I think sometimes we, we get so caught up and we think about all the things that we want and we don't really think about like what are we willing to sacrifice to get something we want um mm. so and so for me that's been a bit of a mindset shift over the last 12 months like you know what what do I want most and am I willing to sacrifice other things that I might want as well just not as much yeah. So when you are looking at life long term, I suppose now, what does financial freedom mean to you? 
You know, I heard this um, say someone else and got forgotten. Wish I could remember the name, but another nomad um, said freedom for me. So they'd been like traveling for a long, long time too and, and had a home base at that point. And so she said, um, at this point in my life, freedom for me is to have the freedom to be home when I want to. And so that really resonated with me, right? And I think that for me, it, it, in a way, sort of it sums it up, right? So long-term freedom for me would be to have the freedom to choose, like, do I want to be traveling right now or do I want to just be at home and in my home base, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what's driven a lot of my decisions, especially sort of around, you know, financial planning and and working more at certain times to, you know, earn more and save more, um, to you know, get to that point in my life where you know I have that freedom. I just, I just want to make sure that the the way to get there is also fun. Um, so you know, I want to enjoy getting there. Um, so and and if that means it takes a bit longer to get that point, then then that's okay. Mm. It seems like coming back to the almost genesis of the whole book and like your life story in many ways that your desire to want to have the freedom to have choices is what allows you to live life differently. It's what allows you to be able to continue to live aligned to what you want versus what you're being told you should want. Yeah, totally, 100%. And I do think, though, it is, you know, like you're totally right. The thing that I would add to that is um, it's not just about me. You know, I think as a person, I think all of us have a responsibility to society and the people around us, right? So I want to do like what's right and what's best for me and the people around me and in my life and not at, you know, the cost of anyone else. Um, so that's something mm. that's sort of quite important to me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had any regrets along the way? Nah, not really. I mean, little things. You, know, you make like stupid decisions every now and then and afterwards you think, oh, I should have not done that one. <laughs> um, but nah, absolutely like no. Um, yeah, I, I do it all again. Um, it's been such an amazing journey and um, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that so much. And we haven't even touched on half of the challenges and learnings and journeys all within your story and your book and I would absolutely recommend people go and check it out and support Lisa and and buy and read her book where can people find your book um so the book's already available um just about anywhere online you you buy your books um and in New Zealand it also from the 2nd of November officially will be available through bookstores um, they can already order it in. So if you go into a bookstore now and you ask for it, they should be able to order it in. But hopefully from the 2nd of November, you might um, see it on the shelves in the occasional store. Um, and also my website, um, just lifedonedifferently.com, um, has links to you know where to buy it and, and more information as well. Amazing. I'll leave all those links and anything else in the description below for everyone to go and check out. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thank you, Lisa, for your time, for sharing your story. Of course, you know, everything you shared here is a vulnerable part of who you are and how you've come um, to be at this point. And we just appreciate having you here. I think like I learned 
so much from your story but also felt completely validated in so many ways by your story as well and felt heard in so many ways especially by some of the things I've or decisions I've made um, in life so far so yeah thank you for that and thank you for being here awesome thank you so much for having me and and that's so great to hear you know it's one of the my, the favorite things about the book being out is, you know, I'm getting some messages now from people who've read it and who say exactly that, you know, they felt heard and um, they felt understood and things that, you know, maybe usually aren't accepted in society now feel more accepted. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the best feedback I can get. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.